Hello and welcome to my show again. Searching for integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have as our guest today, Dr. Frida Burnham, Burnbaum, a psychologist whose book is Life Begins at 60, A New View on Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves. Dr. Frida, you are there because I can see you. Thank you very much. My pleasure <laughs> to be here. Yes, I'm glad you're here. Um, I should... Uh, I should tell you that I am the father of twins, which which is a uh, I guess that could be a club if, if, uh, for that, but we won't go into that now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you, you're the one that uh, broke the record. Uh, I'm I'm surprised that they that they keep you out of the state fair when people come. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would think that it would be the opposite. They should really see that life does begin at sixty. Uh, that you have a lot to look forward to. It's more exciting than ever, Uh, energized and youthful. And uh, the expectations uh, were not uh, what I expected. And I'm really happy to see that we have a lot to look forward to as we do get older. Well, uh, I've enjoyed that part as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am kind of missing the words with that um it's just such i mean people don't you really don't know having twins unless you've had twins and uh, and the work that's involved and the, and the part of it that at least you know i was a, a freshman in college having just got out of the army and my wife had uh, had twins there um and it was um uh, it, it's been great it's been wonderful uh there's certain things you can do with twins that you can't do with single children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's true. Uh, I think it's easier to have twins. They have each other. Although my boys are 15 now, and one says, "I wanted. To, why do I have to always do something with my brother? Can I do something on my own?" And I thought, you know, he's actually right. He's not obligated. They're not attached to each other. So a little bit, you know, of a mixed uh, feeling I have. That yes, they have their own identity, but you know they've always had each other's back, and it was very comforting. So one has a friend that uh, is more supportive of him than the other twin, and the other twin feels that maybe he needs to get his own friends. So we're at that stage, but it's been uh, a real um, interesting experience. I've had single, I've had other children, uh, and. They're very fortunate that they have each other. They'll always have that, that uh, other siblings don't have, even if they're closer to age. So that's been a wonderful gift for me to see that they're wonderful students on a roll. Uh, they're much taller than me. I'm 5'2". They're six feet. So I have to, so now I have to look up to them, <laughs> literally. Things have changed that way. And um but uh, the important thing is to know for your listeners that having twins is not any harder and it's actually much easier. I found it to be. I would agree with that. It was much yeah. more fun. Let me uh, tip something here to Mac. 
Mac, I believe Dr. Frieda's uh, video has is, is, is left us. Oh, it's not. You lost it here. Wait a second. Uh -huh. Let's see. Is that better? There you go. Can you see That's me it. now? That's okay, it. Yeah. Sure. Um, back to the to the twins and being busy. I ended up coaching every sport that there was. I had a pitcher and a catcher. I had a quarterback and an end. I had two point guards for the basketball team. Um, and I, I ate it up the whole time. I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world for having that opportunity. Yes, it's wonderful. And uh, they are also uh, taking tennis. One wants to do wrestling. Uh, they're taking piano lessons, violin lessons, guitar lessons. They wanted to do football. My husband wouldn't let them because his, his fear of concussions. Um, and so they are just like your twins. Uh, your twins are boys, I assume? They are. Okay, yes. so mine were also are also boys. And um, yes, they seem to fit in very easily. And I think part of that is because they have the socialization with one another. So they fit in socially, it seems, mm -hmm. easier mm -hmm. than a child who's on his own. They have role models of each other, how to reenact different situations uh, with each other. So that's one thing why it's been easier uh, for them socially. Uh, academically, one will go to the other and ask questions if they don't mm -hmm. understand something back and forth. Right. So mm -hmm. they have each other that way. So there's an inborn support system. It's interesting. I'm thinking about when I was pregnant, I was I heard both kicking, both sides kicking. And then I only heard one side kicking. And I said, oh, I must have lost the baby. But I found out that baby B went to baby A. And it's been that way their whole lives that this one was always more attached to the other one. So what happens in utero seems to be interesting phenomena when the kids get older. I have a daughter and she uh, and my son and, and you know, they are um, my son is the oldest of Jason, then Alana is second. And uh, she also when she came out uh came out very slowly. And my son like jumped out of me. And guess what? Their character traits, uh, mm -hmm. when they grew up, where was he that was very quick and she was mindful and thoughtful. And that's who they really are. So genetics plays a really big part um, in who your children are. And you just watch them and they'll sort of run the show. They will tell you um, who, what to do and who's the boss for sure. <laughs> Always. I, I know that. <laughs> um, this is a, a a great opportunity for you uh, to do this and to, to, to help others. I assume your practice is still going along as well? Yes, I'm very busy with my practice. Uh, I'm writing another book. I'm considering a play. Uh, and so it's a, a message that I'm giving other people about what age means. And it's not only about, you know, looking a certain way, uh, but it's living a certain way is my message. You know, how do you live a life that's fulfilling? Uh, so you shouldn't have this kind of anxiety um, about aging because 
then you feel that older people have less to offer. And you know, you're going to get older also, and you're going to see that you're wrong. So it's about having this passion for life, uh, how you look at things, and how you look at your lifestyle. So my lifestyle was such that I've always been this way. I've always been proactive. I've always worked. I've always gone to school. I've always had kids since I was young, 22. I started, I got married at 22. And I always defined myself differently because society did not have someone in front of me to show me uh, what I wanted. So I just did it on my own. And then of course, it was, oh, my God, look what she's doing. But then 10 years later, it's what's the big deal? So mm-hmm. I just, you know, it's it seems to be falling into place. Um, eventually, this is going to be not a big deal either, as people are living longer, younger, too, um, having children later. But, you know, we're, we, we are redefining our roles today, uh, the way we live developmentally. I, it used to be that in your 20s, you got married. 30s, you had a family, um, 40s, peak career, then grandparents, and then in their in your 50s, and then 60, you retired. Well, today, it's a combination of everything that everybody um, is working, relationships, raising children, uh, 40 in their 50s. So age is not defined uh, the way it used to be. And that's a good thing for people who are considering making changes in their life, such as having children. But I don't want to preach, so I'll wait for you to talk. I can talk forever. (laughs) That's fine. I'm going to play right with you on that. Okay. Uh, uh, You know, when you you have the benefits of redefining age, do people look at you go, huh, what's that mean? You know, about um, maybe 15 years ago, I was in Newsweek. I was quoted as saying that ageism needs to be redefined. And it actually is being redefined. It's just that we don't, uh, if you look around you, you'll see people, you don't know what age they are, but you know what they're doing. Uh, and people would define their age more at society, which would catch up with what it means today. Because uh, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, you really can't tell that much. And even in your 70s, you're reinventing yourself. Uh, you're having a second career, uh, even into your 80s. Um, you don't have to be old, uh, well into your eighties. I mean, that's iffy. It depends on your health, of course. So that's what I'm talking about. That age, ageism, uh, needs to be redefined. And it's not necessarily about having children. It's about, you know, middle age. What the, what does that mean? I feel middle age was my prime years. It still is. Uh-huh. I still feel right. like I'm in middle age and, right. um, it's the best time. It's so it's a time to change what the words mean. Uh, retiring seems like you're retiring from life. It's not true. You really are reinventing yourself into something maybe that you enjoy more uh, than before because you don't have to pay the mortgage or child care. So it's a whole different way of living our lives today uh, where we're not defined by our age, by our roles, um, by our gender. Uh, women as well uh, with in vitro can have children later as well. Women today, even the way they dress, they don't dress the way their grandmothers dressed at their age. They don't look like that. So all that thrown together is taking a whole big different picture um, on where we are today. And today, I mean, 
I live my life, and you want to talk about me, I live my life with uh, people younger than me because they're in a situation similar to my lifestyle. So I associate Mm -hmm. with that. But no one has ever said I was the grandmother of my kids. No one has ever said, uh, you know, uh, they can't connect to me. So I don't Mm -hmm. feel that. And people my age, uh, it depends who they are in their lives more than the number of years that they have. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's interesting, somebody who's doing something that's productive, that's what I do connect to. Someone who who is a good conversationalist and I enjoy talking to. That's really what it's really all about. So we're, we're, we are defining ourselves uh, very differently than we, when we used to uh, in the past. Now you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll zip it. Well, I'll, uh, no, you don't need to zip it. Not at all. Okay. I, uh, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, I've never, ever thought that I was uh, too old to do anything. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm 74 now. Uh, Congratulations. So- well, thanks. Yeah, but men are but men are men have a privilege that women didn't have. And women are starting to have that privilege because I'm around your age, mm-hmm. and I uh, just want to tell you that uh, you don't have to go out there and redefine age, because if you look in the media, if you look on television, if you look at newscasters, Walter Cronkite for one. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a Dr. time Frida? I bar- Yes, we we lost your video oh. here. Okay, sorry. It doesn't want me to be seen. I guess my video keeps stopping on me. There you go. Something's go going back. on. Okay, there, you, there go. you go. There you go. Yeah, right. so, you know, women are still at this place of age uh, where uh, do they fit in like men do mm-hmm. uh, with uh, things that are very visible? Well, here I am with women that are in their 30s. And I'm, again, doing something that I feel is the right thing to do. I'm not following the norm. And um, so you can say easily, age is not a factor. Because if a woman has um, evidence of ageism on her face, uh, people will scrutinize that more. Now, if you go to European countries, these women are respected. And uh, it's a different right. way of uh, looking at what uh, that means. Uh, mm-hmm. An age there is nothing that's asexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is uh, something that women are still vibrant. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so it's easy to, for a man to say that. And um, I'm very fortunate. I haven't had any problems with that as I've uh, gone along with all I've that I have done. Uh, people have never said, I don't fit in, or uh, you can't do this. The only one that's ever said that is my mother, who said no to everything I, I wanted to do. But that's a whole different story. <laughs> that's separate. She she didn't want me to do anything. <laughs> An interesting you, lady. Makes you want to do it all, all the more. That's why I did it all. That's why I did it. I said, get me the hell, whatever, out of here. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm coming through. That's it. I'm finished. And so I did it. I did it all. I mean, yeah, I think the more resistance you have in life, the more resilient you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, my father told me, don't go in the media. You won't know what to say. 
Well, the truth is I can't stop talking when I'm in the media. So <laughs> he definitely didn't know who I was, but that's what he told me. I think it was coming right. from himself, not from me. Right. You know, parents stifle their children because they see their children as their own clones and kids are different than themselves. And sometimes they're so. uncomfortable. You know, I remember I was in a, a, a restaurant or something with my son years ago. And there's a man sitting next to us at the table. My son says out loud, why is that? Why does that man not have any hair? You know, and I was so uncomfortable. Now, the guy must have thought, you know, just a little kid who cares. But for a parent, you want the right. child to think like you, go to school the way, go to college, get this right degree, everything the way you want to. We really have to let go of these things. Now, along in your practice, I see mm -hmm. that's prim primarily for women. Have you done any marital counseling? Oh, all for, the time. My practice is not primarily from women. I don't know where you got that. That's not oh, true. Okay. My mistake? It's not primary. Yeah. My practice, actually, the, the truth is there are more men coming to therapy than ever. Uh, more men are, roles are reversing a little. Women are out there in the work field more. Men are becoming much more nurturing. Uh, so they're coming in. Uh, although in the past, if, when women came in, it was usually the man who needed to come in. He was the problem person, but he didn't want to come in because he didn't want to change things. But right. uh, my practice is with uh, couples, uh, with uh, individuals, with groups, families. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting uh, what people are looking for today has changed compared to what they were looking for before. People want more of a connection. It's not the man going out to work and the woman staying home. Uh, the woman wants to be responsible too and have a career. And the man wants to be nurturing and not miss that part of himself. So it's a healthier time for both people because they both want a little bit of what they didn't have, taking turns are doing both. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm looking here at um, women especially. And thanks to advancements like IVF, I'm not familiar with that. In vitro fertilization, you haven't heard of that? Oh, yeah, sure, when uh, spelled out. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all right, so I'll give you some credit there. So okay. anyway, uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, men are able to have children later in life, and women, Oop, here we go again. again. Yeah, uh -huh. here we go again. And women... Um, really don't go. have have not had that and today they're able to have children later which means that they can have their careers uh they can uh go ahead and make changes in their lives their education uh doesn't have to be postponed till after they have children right. so all that is helping women uh with uh their own opportunities to move ahead in life but they didn't have uh before so that's a good thing. And uh, women, mm -hmm. as I said, their fashion has changed too. So they're also fitting in. Uh, we live in a country in America where God forbid you look old. The sad thing is when you look old, people feel that you're feeble or something. They don't take you into consideration. And the older you get, the wiser you are, of course, and the more confidence you have, of course. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to have 
that kind of maturity. But yes, mm-hmm. in vitro has helped women uh, to extend uh, their careers, to extend their education, to make changes in their relationships uh, and their lifestyles. So it's been very, it's been a very good thing. And of course, for women who have difficulty having children and having reproductive issues, it's helped uh, with that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am uh, looking here at sample topics. And you started out with, I believe, just in casual conversation with anxiety and depression. Is that the number one that you, when they walk through the door and say, I need help? Is that usually? Yes, that's a good question because, you know, we live in a society that's really very much anxiety producing. You know, we have to, we have to make that money. We have to have a schedule. We have to uh, get the grades, uh, whatever that is. I mean, I just spoke to my son too. Uh, he's He was already recruited for a top position. And he hasn't even finished college yet. And he's still st- all stressed out uh, and drinking coffee. And he got palpitations. So he has to stop drinking coffee. That's what it's from. Be careful not to get too much medication for no reason. But yes, we do live in a, a stressful place where people are competitive. The grades are competitive. Uh, kids need to memorize uh, uh, things that they're not even interested, that they forget the next day. We have to really slow down and have a passion for what we do to enjoy school so we can have that passion as adults. Uh, at school, you're taught to be a follower. As adult, you're taught to be the minute you're finished, oh, not be a leader, but they don't have that kind of um, interest in what they're doing or they haven't been taught that. So it's important um, for people in general uh, to be able to know that they enjoy what they're doing, to have hands-on experiences and use that when they're older, not to wait till you retire to enjoy what you're doing. And then you won't have that kind of anxiety and stress. But what's important about that question is the younger generation, the millennials are living their lives differently than the baby boomers. They're not looking to buy things. They're looking to have a quality life instead of going out there and working all day and not having time to enjoy that rather have less money and more time. You know, I I look down the list and I see addiction. And there are so many people that have have caught it, fought it, and not necessarily um, better with it, I guess, unless they have someone like you, who's a professional that can really help somebody with, uh, with addiction. Oops, there went your video again. I'm going to have to fix that. Sorry. It's all right. Okay. Uh, so back to addiction, it's just one of those things that people say, well, I can't, I can't help it, you know. Well, addiction, you know, you spoke about anxiety and it's, uh, it's really a pathway to addiction because it calms you. So you'd use coffee, that's an addictive substance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alcohol can be addictive as well. And then guess what? You know, somebody gives you a weed or something and say, Oh, this is relaxing me. There's no harm here. Then it escalates. 
and then, of course, uh, we are addicted to prescription medications as well. And then we use those on our own. I mean, I have a, a patient who's 15 uh, who uses Benadryl as an addictive uh, medica- to, to medicate himself to be calm from the really? uh, medicine cabinet. Yeah. So you could get all kinds of uh, addictive habits. Uh, and it's important to know that some of these rehab centers create more networking for addictions. It's very hard to win yourself off of it, but that's the only way you can do it. You have to be able to know that even people who have surgery and they get pills to relax them, they become addictive to those addicted to those pills. So you have to know when to stop it. But anxiety, depression, we need to look at the root of the problem and look at it to people like myself or anybody else out there, of course, and see what is the real core issue because that's always going to be the problem, no matter what you mm-hmm. do. Dr. Frieda, would you mind informing my audience, all my listeners out there, to where you, they can find your book, if they can find you, website, those kind of things. Would you please? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so my book, Life Begins at 60, is at Barnes & Noble, is at Amazon.com. I have a website, Dr. Frieda. D-R-F-R-I-E-D-A dot com, uh, where they can find me. If they want to personally email me, I'm open to that as well. And it's Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R-F-R-I-E-D-A at gmail.com. Well, that's an opportunity for anybody listening to that and writing it down. Um, I've had a, a good time listening to you. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's over with pretty soon here i'm gonna to have to yes uh to tell you that um but i am also thankful for my listeners that they listen and they are really looking for information there's the video again that video i have to fix this sorry here okay. we go all right yes and uh for, you know they're tuning in for searching for integrity and and i think that they strive for that when, when they listen to some of the shows and they have uh, a different uh, approach to it. And I want to thank you for being on the show today. It's been uh, delightful, I would say. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I enjoyed your questions. Uh, you made it easy. Mm-hmm. And I hope that your listeners do get something out of this information. Oh, I think they will. I think they will. And uh, so long and happy trails to all. Same to you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you very you much. You too. Nice meeting Bye. you. Take nice care. to meet Bye-bye. you. Thank you. Bye-bye.